The LGBT agenda seems to be popping up all around us, everywhere we look nowadays, which raises an interesting question. Is America actually becoming gayer or are we watching a peer pressure and propaganda driven social trend? Let me explain why it matters. The Gallup organization released a survey recently that tells us that more Americans are identifying as LGBT than ever before. In fact, they say that we have 7.1% of the American population now fitting under that umbrella, which is a more than 100% increase than just 10 years ago. In fact, they claim that there's been a 26% increase since just last year. Nearly 21% of Generation Z, those born between 1997 and 2003, now claim some place on that spectrum as their unique gender identity. Now, how can we account for this increase in numbers? Well, the first thing we can look at is the perpetual redefinition of the terms. I mean, at first, the gay rights movement was targeted at people who actually considered themselves to be homosexual or lesbian. But now they have added a B for bisexual, and then later a T for the transgender movement was added, until now we have a string of letters and nobody knows what it stands for. The Democratic governor of Oregon, Governor Kate Brown, recently tweeted her support for the LGBTQ2SIA+ movement. I don't know anybody who knows what all that means. In fact, my suspicion is they keep adding letters to try and keep broadening uh, the tent so that they can inflate their numbers. They, are, they also keep changing the definition of the words. Originally, transgender was a word that referred to somebody back in the day who had a psychological a state of mind that's officially termed gender dysphoria. That's a condition where people experience serious mental distress over the sense that their body's gender doesn't match or is not aligned with what their mind tells them. More recently, however, the term transgender has been broadened to include anybody who doesn't fit into gender stereotypes. In fact, yesterday's tomboy is today's transgender, gender-fluid, demi-boy. You see, the terms are made to cover anybody who ever has anything. If a girl wants to play soccer, maybe she really thinks she's a boy. If a boy wants to play piano, maybe he really thinks he's a girl. They're fudging the numbers to try and inflate their influence. The generational differences are striking in this poll. The Gallup poll found that each generation is twice as likely to identify as LGBT plus as the generation before it. Only 2.6% of baby boomers identify as LGBT, 4.2% of Generation X, 10.5% of millennials, and 20% of Gen Z, of those born before 1946, only 
1.6% identify with this movement. Why the dramatic increase? Well, Gallup claims that it's because America is becoming more tolerant and that people who have always had these feelings and these identities are now for the first time able to reveal themselves in a more open way. It is true that uh, that, that may be a part of this equation, but it's much more complex than that. The truth of the matter is, this question raises the issue of nature versus nurture, which is a conversation that the LGBT activists have tried to avoid for a very long time. After decades of saying that being, uh, being gay or having any of these uh, positions along the spectrum, they've been telling us for decades that these positions are an immutable product of birth. It's like being born left-handed. You don't have any choice. You can't have any say in the matter. Only here's the problem with that. We have not seen a doubling in each successive generation of people born left-handed. What's happening here is that this exponential generational increase has to have another cause besides genetics. This rise in those who identify I believe comes from the relentless promotion of LGBT characters in all of our media. Uh, there, you can't watch a commercial nowadays without an obligatory uh, same-sex couple as a part of the commercial. Uh, there are roles that have been carved out of, of movies to, to portray in a positive light this alternative lifestyle. In fact, in a recently released video uh, of high-level Disney company executives, they state their goal to have 50% of new characters in Disney animated movies in the future to be somewhere along the LGBTQ plus spectrum. 50%. It's not just on the coasts or in the more liberal parts of the country. Right here in our neighborhood, we're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oklahoma State University is just up the road in Stillwater. Because the homosexual movement has secured an entire month, the month of June, they call it Pride Month, and it is a month of perpetual propaganda pressed on the American public in every possible avenue to sell the, uh, the wonder of this lifestyle. Because Oklahoma State University didn't want to miss Pride Month, but it falls in the middle of their summer break, they moved Pride Month to the month of April. Right here in Oklahoma, they promoted a series of events beginning with a parade, an obligatory parade, followed by an evening of condom bingo. There were several other events scheduled throughout the month, including uh, a discussion topic on transgender bathrooms called, I Just Want to Pee in Peace. There's a series of events and other promotions, a drag queen story hour at an OSU museum, as well as a drag queen contest where students, uh, you can use your imagination. My point is, there is a societal structure 
controlled by progressives that is selling a product and then claiming that these impressionable young adults have been this way since birth. Abigail Schreier in her book, Irreversible Damage, talks about her research that shows that the pressure of finding a new gender identity is severely present among especially white teenage girls. Her research shows that in Western countries, there has been somewhere between a 1,000 to 5,000% increase in that demographic white teenage girls seeking treatment from gender clinics and psychologists. Lisa Littman is a researcher from Brown University. She's done research that found that teenage girls claiming to be transgender, uh, more than one third of them had friendship groups in which 50% or more of the girls in their group began to identify as transgender in a similar time frame. In other words, teenage friend groups, uh, back in the day they used to all get the same haircut. Now they all change genders. What's noticeable about Littman's research is that Brown University mothballed her research and refused to let her publish because it didn't fit the narrative of this powerful lobby. Activists have, com have convinced so many people that an LGBT identity is appealing that many people are opting in. But this movement is gonna be a victim of their own success. Think about this. If you can opt in to the lifestyle, it implies that you can also opt out of it. That is a conversation that the LGBTQ2SIA plus community does not want to have. But ironically, they've done such a good job of selling their poison that now they find themselves at a loss to explain the rapid increases in the numbers. How do we process this? Well, first of all, the media is in collusion to suppress the stories, and there are hundreds and thousands of stories of teens, both male and female, who have succumbed to the propaganda and peer pressure of this movement, only to then sort of grow past it and transition back to themselves. That story is not told. In fact, that story is being discredited in ways that would boggle your mind. Why? Because they can't allow the possibility that this is a choice and not uh, an, an act of biological determination. For us, as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we have to frame this in terms that, that the Bible makes sense of it for us. You see, sin tricks us into wanting the very thing that will destroy us. Let me give you some examples. Uh, one of the things that that, that that movement is so fond of is saying, uh, you should just follow your heart. You should just be who you really were meant to be. Just, just, just come and, and, and express yourself. 
follow your heart. That's the mantra of this culture. And yet the Bible has some warnings about that. In fact, the final verse of the entire book of Judges is a verse that has been repeated throughout the book of Judges as uh, an explanation of a downward cultural spiral in the history of Israel during that time period. It's simply this verse, In those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did whatever seemed right to him. The lesson of history is any culture that lives by the motto, you do what's right for you, is a culture that cannot survive long term. Why? Because civilization requires uh, a unity of, of vision of who we are and what it means to be civilized people. We cannot be a random collection of individuals with no tie to anyone else, no common standards that we agree to live by. If everyone does what is right in their own eyes, Western civilization is dead. There are other verses. Uh, let's see. In, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, the prophet says, The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? In the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, we're told in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 and 13, Watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage each other daily while it is still called today, so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. You see, the question will be, well, Pastor, do you, do you hate people who are who are held victim by this movement? No, I don't hate them because I understand how deceptive sin is. These teenagers and even younger who are falling for this pressure and propaganda that they are somehow different in reality from the way God created them, they are victims of the most heinous propaganda movement maybe in human history. And particularly when we're talking about minors, there are adults who call themselves parents who should be ashamed of the damage that they do to their kids by promoting this kind of nonsense. The book of Hebrews gives us a key as to how we're to live our lives. In Hebrews, I'm sorry, in Proverbs chapter 3, in Proverbs chapter 3, the first six verses, it says this, My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands, for they will bring you many days a full life and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard with God and with people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know Him, and He will make your path straight. As followers of Jesus, we need to approach this cultural phenomenon and quit acting like we hate people who have this so-called identity. They are victims of a cosmic deception. So let's lovingly talk to them about what's true. 
Let's lovingly share with them how wonderful it is to discover that God made no mistakes when he put us together, when he framed our shape, our form, when he gave us uniqueness. You see, what they're craving is something that will make them special. And the devil's done a good job of convincing them that they're not special and they need something different. You see, he's been doing that for a long time. It's what the devil did in the Garden of Eden when he suggested to Eve that even in that perfect setting, maybe, maybe there's something else out there that would make you more special. It's the great lie of the human condition. But the great truth of the human condition is Jesus loves you. He has an answer. He created you in a particular way and he has marvelous plans for your life if you find him and let him be your guide and not this devilish propaganda campaign that is trying to steal an entire generation. What will prevent them from, from being successful? Nothing, unless people who know the truth share the truth. Let us be truth sharers as the children of God. This is Truth Currents. Well,